Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. Five to six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. <laughs> Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just 348 With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. This is Beth Center on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. Welcome in. It is the VSIN Bet Center. I'm Brady Cannon, live at the Circa Resort and Casino in downtown Las Vegas. My partner, James Salinas, is along via Denver, Colorado, as we roll through this Saturday of Easter weekend. James, great to be with you, my friend. We've got Major League Baseball all day long, the NBA playoffs. They just wrapped up round number three at Harbortown for the RBC Heritage. Golf, hockey, the NBA draft, a healthy day on the betting menu for sure. And I want to get right into the game that is supposed to tip off here at the top of the hour, but it looks like it's going to be delayed. We currently have the Memphis Grizzlies and the Minnesota Timberwolves just starting the fourth quarter. So it might be a little bit before we get the Raptors and the 76ers, but that will allow us to uh, get our handicap across here and see if you have any plays for this game. Uh, The Raptors in Philadelphia to take on the 76ers game one of the best of seven series. And I've seen some love for the Raptors plus the points in this one. It opened Philadelphia minus five with a total of 217 and a half. And right now we're at Philadelphia minus four and a half and the total's been hit to the under now down to 216. It's the fourth seeded Sixers against the fifth seeded Raptors and only three games separated these two teams in the Eastern Conference standings. Did you do anything with this one, James? No, I didn't. I didn't have anything on game one here. I do not have a series bet on this matchup either. And I think for me, thinking about Philadelphia and with James Harden, once he was acquired in that trade with Brooklyn coming over, we saw those first eight, nine games there. He paired with Embiid. Basically, it was a free throw shooting contest for Philadelphia. Those guys were going to the line double digits, both of them. There was one point where I think they went to the line a combined 37 times in one game. And I want to see how these games are going to be officiated. I think that's what we've – it's kind of been up and down, hit and miss so far through – let's just call it the play-in games. We know it's, in a sense, kind of playoffs. Four out of those six games during the week in those play-in matchups were win or go home. And there were certain games, like that first game with the Clippers playing at Minnesota. It was a a free-throw shooting contest for both teams. A lot of fouls called, and that's really what I want to see. We know with Philadelphia, this is not a team that's going to get out there and and run and gun. That's the way Toronto wants to play. It's going to be a a 
this game is going to be dictated by pace. Which teams can can create tempo and or slow the other team down when it comes to the 76ers? And can the Sixers get to the free throw line, both Embiid as well as James Harden? I think we've seen a shift with James Harden over the last handful of games. The last six games in particular, he's averaged 12 assists. So kind of getting back to the role that he was playing in Brooklyn, where he was more of the facilitator as opposed to the lead scorer. He knows that this is, this is in fact, Embiid's team and everything's going to roll through Embiid down through the post. And I, I just want to see how this game is going to be officiated. So I, I think from there, then we'll start to see how do these games get adjusted from the end, not only in game, but also game to game through the series, Brady, as far as the coaching acumen on both sides to be able to find different matchups. Because I think on the Toronto side, probably a coaching edge with Nick Nurse, championship team for the Toronto Raptors three years ago. And there's still some holdovers from that team. And so they bring some championship medal with them to this to this contest and into this series. So no plays as of now, Brady, either series or game. Did you do anything with this matchup? I have not, but uh, I like what you're talking about there with Nick Nurse. Toronto's been really hot. They were 3-1 and one against Philadelphia during the regular season. They closed out the regular season, winning eight of their last 10 games. Now, Philadelphia wasn't exactly cold. They finished winning five of their last six games. This is one of the tighter series prices. We have some real mismatches like Phoenix and Milwaukee and what have you, but the 76ers minus 180 to win this series and Toronto plus 160. I've seen some of our colleagues here at VEASAN take plus 160, plus 165-ish with the Raptors to win the series. I've also seen people taking the four and a half or five points with the Raptors to take this game. You've also got some pricing here for an exact result, James. And it's kind of interesting here. The 76ers in seven is the favorite at plus 320. The 76ers in six games and the Raptors in six games is the same price at four seven plus 475. I mean, that kind of tells you it's a toss-up, right? It is a toss-up, and I think some of the talk around the, the vaccination status of Thibel, one of their best on-ball defenders out on the perimeter for the Philadelphia 76ers, will not be able to play in the potential three games up in Toronto across the border in Canada because you have to be vaccinated to be to, to be able to play in this con or be able to play against Toronto in this series, in fact. And so what is that matchup going to look like, too? And I think that's something I want to keep an eye on as well with with. The, the loss and the absence of Thibault for those road games for Philadelphia. Let's see how they match up out here today in this game tonight and how might that impact this team going forward when he's not there. So I want to see how he matches up here as well as how this game is going to be officiated. And we know from game to game, you're going to have different officiating crews that are matching up for each of these, each throughout the playoffs. But you know, sometimes you just start to get a sense of this is kind of the, in a sense, this is the theme of this series for each team. We know the theme for Toronto, again, wanting to create pace, get out and transition, get easy baskets. Sometimes they can get a big stagnant in their half-court sets because they really don't have uh, any type of post player. Sometimes Siakam can play with his back to the post, but a lot of times it's a five-out offense for the Toronto Raptors. So let's see what pace. I mean, the game's going to start. I'm, we've got a little ways to go here with this game in front of us with the Wolves and Grizzlies, so I think they're going to delay the start like you mentioned for the Sixers and Raptors it was scheduled to tip off right about now but I think we'll have it pushed back a little bit because we still got some time to go with this Wolves and Grizzlies game yeah Timberwolves in Memphis taking on the Grizzlies they closed as about six and a half point underdogs and right now they are winning outright 106 to 102 you've got about seven and a half minutes left in the fourth quarter and the Minnesota Timberwolves in the live market are two and a half point favorites your total all the way up to 246 and a half. I believe it closed at 237 and a half. So an overpace certainly, and the underdog currently in control. Minnesota up again, 106 to 102 with about seven and a half minutes left in regulation. James, we have two baseball games going at the top of the hour, going to first pitch here just after the top of the hour. The San Francisco Giants in Cleveland to face the Guardians. Anthony DiScalfani versus Cal Quantrill. San Francisco off to a 5 and 2 start. The Guardians are 4 and 3. The Giants opened as minus 130 road favorites here with a total of 8 and a half and the Guardians have seen the money. They've actually flipped to the role of a slight favorite here as far as the consensus number in Las Vegas. Minus 107 is Cleveland and your total has ticked down to 8. Any baseball for you today, Mr. Salinas? No, I did not play this game. I was looking at this. It was a pretty significant line move out here. I see some 115s in favor of Cleveland, so a pretty significant flip of the favorite 
in this contest. And I think for Quantrill, playing at home, being he coming out and really sta- establishing himself as a starter latter part of the season last year for the the Cleveland Guardians, getting used to saying that Brady and <laughs> uh, for this team. I mean, he he. Definitely had the run support last week against Kansas City. They put up 10 runs in the first two innings against the Royals last week, and he pitched just fine. Probably didn't need that many runs. He was just fine. He had uh, two runs over on four hits over the five innings in that win. And I think for the Giants here, uh, Scalfini, are we going to see, what are we going to see from him? Is he going to be able to duplicate or even come close to matching the season that he had last year for the Giants? Because right now, off to a good start again for the Giants, 5-2, and two, and really it's so much of it is going to be about their pitch both their starting pitching as well as their bullpen. Aside from that opening day, 10-inning win, 6-5 to five over the Marlins last week, this team has just allowed 12 runs in the past six games for this pitching staff. That's what it comes down to for the Giants. We know that it's, it's going to be pitching in defense, some timely hitting, some veteran hitters still within that lineup of those, yes, those championship teams from a handful of years ago. So tough-minded team. That's the one thing we saw from the Giants last year, Brady, and setting the, setting the as many wins as they had last year in the NL West, was this team comes ready to play. They have a lot of veterans that have been there and done that from a championship level, and they show the young guys on this team how to step out and compete each and every day, stay focused because it is such a grind of the Major League Baseball season, 162 games. But it's interesting, such a line flip. I think it's just because of Quantrill and his success there at home, but no play for me. Yeah, the Giants, I expected a fall-off from that unbelievable season that they put together in 2021, but they have really just picked up where they left off, and i got to credit their manager, and i got to credit their front office. I think they have really become one of the best organizations in baseball, and i got to tip my cap. They're tied for first place right now with your Rockies and the Los Angeles Dodgers. Um, Also just about to get underway, the Miami Marlins hosting the Philadelphia Phillies. Both teams currently are in the bottom in the National League East at three and five for the Phillies and three and four on the year for the Marlins. The Marlins have won two in a row. Phillies have dropped four straight and you've got two lefties dealing in this one. Trevor Rogers hosting Ranger Suarez. Philadelphia opened. You talk about a line flip here, James. Philadelphia opened as minus 120 road favorites with a total of seven and a half. And now Miami, nearly a minus 130 favorite. I'm showing minus 129 as the consensus price out here in Las Vegas. And your total up to eight. Yeah, I see 135 in favor wow. of the Marlins. So significant live move. I mean, we're talking what? close to 40 cent line move in favor of the Marlins. I think you're going to see that, especially with Trevor Rogers. He was runner up to as rookie of the year last year in the national league and kind of to a decent start was on the road last week in San Francisco tour and runs in five innings in that matchup against the giants. And, you know, it's, I think now expectations come for this young pitcher, and he's definitely one that's going to be able to step. I, I, there's some young, this is an interesting team, the Marlins are in my I agree. mind here, Brady. They've and really been building a pitching staff for yeah. a few years now. Yeah, and I think at home, this team's going to continue to, we'll start to see those line flips or money moving on the Marlins when they are playing in Miami, in particular when Rodgers and a few other Alcantara and some of the younger pitches that they have out there as far as the starting staff is concerned. And then with the with the Phillies, Ranger Suarez did not get off to a good start so far this season. First start here, just two and two-thirds innings pitched, three runs on five hits, Had a, didn't work super deep into the game. I think that's what we're seeing. That's why I'm staying away from a lot of baseball right now, Brady, because of the, the short and spring training. Uh, teams are, and pitchers are still trying to get their arm strengths built up. I think Suarez is one of those as well. Yeah, both of these pitchers had pretty darn good seasons last year and a little bit shaky out of the gate in 2022. We'll come back with some more baseball, keep you updated on the basketball as well. Just getting started here in Inside the VSIN Bet Center. We'll be right back. Saturdays are for sunshine, especially for your ears. With another election, ongoing wars, and natural disasters, we know the news can be a lot to take in. And we're determined to share the bright side of humanity. Every Saturday, take a breather from the headlines and hear all the uplifting happenings across the world with Five Good Things, a new weekend edition of CNN Five Things. That means you can find this goodness in the same feed as Five Things. Listen to Five Good Things on the iHeartRadio app.
Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great Thank conversation. You. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation vlogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. From football playoffs to basketball madness, TCL Roku TVs are the best way to stream your favorite live sports. With all the biggest sports channels, a sports zone with all available games in one place, and apps like iHeartRadio with sports podcasts such as The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Cheering on your favorite team has never been easier. A big screen TCL Roku TV offers premium picture and sound quality, so you'll feel like you're right in the action. Find the perfect TCL Roku TV for you today at Amazon.com. This is Beth Center on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. The NFL Draft is right here in Las Vegas, and we'll have extensive coverage, including mock drafts from Matt Humans. Michael Lombardi, a former NFL GM, will give his draft analysis. Beeson host Mike Pritchard, who was a first-round pick, and former quarterback Sean King will all give you insights you can bet on. Also, legendary sports broadcaster and voice of the Las Vegas Raiders, Brent Musburger will give his draft best bets in our NFL Draft betting guide. Sign up for all of it today to get full access to VEASAN through the NFL Draft. It's only $19, and you can find it at vcin.com slash spring. Brady Cannon and James Salinas with you here inside the VEASAN Bet Center checking on this NBA game. And boy, the Timberwolves look really good, James. Uh, out to a lead uh, still by six points now over the Memphis Grizzlies, 114 to 108. I know coming into this uh, playoff series, the play-in round, what have you, I believe it was last weekend, you and I were talking about the Grizzlies and this kind of new up-and-coming team. Were they going to be ready for this moment? And, you know, quite frankly, Minnesota hasn't been here in a while either, but uh, they look like the better team today. Well, right now I'm, I'm just watching. I played it live in-game. I played the total under with about two minutes ago. There's a TV timeout in the third quarter, about two minutes to go, maybe three minutes, and it was sitting at... 249 and a half and I played the under just figuring all right this fourth quarter it's relatively close now let's see these teams are going to have to slow down value the ball a little bit more run some sets and make it more of a half court game I guess if we could call it with these two teams man there is some sensational young talent on both sides of the floor for for in this game this is going to be a fun series to watch and you know, they keep these teams together for a while. It's, it feels like Carl Anthony Towns, he's the old man out there. Yeah. What is he, 25, 26 <laughs> years old? I mean, this is there's some seriously young talent out here. But watching this game and thinking about the – and the youngest one of all is Edwards. And Edwards has just been sensational today. At 34 points, it's 4 out of 10 from, from beyond the arc. He's got five assists as well, a couple of blocks. He's been all over the court. He's been the best player on the court today, has has. Anthony Edwards, and I think for Edwards, um, this is, I think he is the fourth youngest player in the history of the NBA 
to put up 30-plus points in a playoff game. So for this young fella, the sky's the limit, as well as the other side. I mean, there's been some showtime reel, some highlight reel uh, dunks out here. We've seen a few guys, Carl Anthony Towns, hammer one home over Jackson. We saw saw John Morant get way up, head way above the rim on a slam over somebody else. This this is going to be an exciting series to watch. Now we'll see how do these teams execute in the fourth quarter. There's a lot on the line here, obviously, in the playoffs now. And Brady, I think that's the one thing that we've seen. We've seen with the play-in games, those six games, all six went to the under. Yeah, because we're, I think the numbers were inflated because of the regular season where there's just not much incentive for these teams from day to day through the course of 82 games that we don't see teams give a whole lot of effort on the defensive side. And I think that causes teams to maybe not as execute as have as much execution uh, prowess in the half court on, say, in fourth quarter. So that's what I'm really looking to see here. How do these teams execute in the fourth quarter? I think we just saw another turnover, oh, turnover out of Memphis here with about three minutes to go trying to execute something in the half court. That's what I really want to see. How do these teams respond offensively with these with the game on the line? Yeah, you talk about defense uh, being exaggerated in the playoffs and Minnesota with a great defensive series there. Uh, Memphis was just forced to really chuck up a shot at the end of the shot clock. They turned it around, did the Timberwolves and got a three-pointer. So now an eight-point advantage, 117 to 109 with about two and a half minutes left in this contest. And in the live wagering, Minnesota now a six and a half point favorite. Your total has been taken off the board, but with just two and a half minutes, you're not looking too bad there, Mr. Salinas, uh, playing under that total of 249 and a half. Uh, over to the Diamonds, the Oakland A's in Toronto. Oakland had a lead 5-1 to one on the Blue Jays, but the Blue Jays have come back. It's now tied at five apiece. The A's are batting in the top of the seventh inning there in Toronto. The Atlanta Braves taking it to the Padres. I was on the Padres today. I am on the Padres. Still some hope, but they're trailing 5-1 to one there in the seventh inning. They are, uh, they are batting in the home half of the seventh. The Boston Red Sox leading Minnesota in the seventh inning. 4 nothing. there, pitching a shot out at Fenway Park are the Red Sox. The Kansas City Royals in the sixth are leading the Detroit Tigers 3-1, to and we previewed the San Francisco Giants and the Cleveland Guardians, also the Philadelphia Phillies and the Miami Marlins. They are just underway. Uh, we're going to talk a little golf in the next segment. James, lucky enough to be joined by the legendary golf professional and instructor Hank Haney, who spent uh, a couple of years teaching Tiger Woods. So that'll be an interesting conversation. But uh, Patrick Cantley is currently the overnight favorite at BetMGM at plus 350 to win the RBC Heritage. He is one stroke off the lead. Harold Varner III has the lead at 11 under par. Cantley is at 10 under along with Shane Lowry and Eric Van Royen. Cantley's plus 350 to win the tournament. Lowry, the second choice at plus 425. Harold Varner, your 54-hole leader, is at plus 450. And Van Royen at 9-1. to Also, Matt Kuchar is two shots back. He's at 16-1. to uh, Matt Humans and Wes Reynolds have Matt Kuchar. Uh, Wes has Shane Lowry. And I've got Patrick Cantley. So we're seeing if the uh, Long Shots crew can get one home tomorrow uh, in Hilton Head Island, James. Well, and there's Varner leading this after three rounds. Where was that last week? Right, right, a big, right. I think you had a hundred to one. I had eighty to one after that second. I think it was after the after Friday's round, that second round at the Masters. And it's it's here. What do you when you break down this? You know, kind of the um, the aftermath from the Masters, and now you go to the RBC. What is your handicap when you go to that? Because you know it's such a letdown from being at the Masters, the Super Bowl of golf, I guess, in a sense. Now you go to this tournament here and players, the pressure off. I mean, what is it that you go through your handicap as well as the the rest of the crew with the long shots, thinking about when you're coming back and coming off such a major tournament like the Masters, what do you look for in the next week with a, with a tournament like the RBC? Yeah, you know, it, it's a great question, and it, it's not necessarily cut in stone. There's some guys that do really well at the Masters that do well here the following week. There's other guys that miss the cut at the Masters that do well here. There's other guys that don't even play in the Masters that do well here. So there's not really a formula um, but I did go against Dustin Johnson in a matchup this week. I took Patrick Cantley over Dustin Johnson because I felt Johnson was... Patrick Cantley did not do great at the Masters. He finished 39th. He was never really in contention. Johnson was in it, and I think that probably consumed so much of his energy and attention that I wanted to go against him this week. He didn't even make the cut. That was an easy one. 
The other easy fade, I think, was Cameron Smith, who really melted down uh, on the 12th hole at Augusta, put that ball in the water. He didn't make the cut either. So I, I think you can look at, you know, what you're kind of alluding to there, the letdown, especially guys that were really in the thick of it mentally and then ended up dis- being disappointed. Sometimes the very next week can be very challenging. Uh, We do have more baseball coming up in just about 10 minutes from now. The Pittsburgh Pirates hosting the Washington Nationals at PNC Park. Both of these teams are a game under 500. Washington at four and five and the Buccos at three and four. Four game series currently split at one win apiece. It'll be left-hander Josh Rogers getting the ball for Washington. He'll take on right-hander Bryce Wilson. Pretty much a pick'em game here now, James. The Nats opened up as minus 115 road favorites with a total of nine. And now just prior to first pitch, we've got the Pirates as a small favorite, minus 108. The total has remained unchanged at nine. I want to know if you did anything here. I am on the Washington Nationals at, uh, I believe it was even money. Well, let's look at starting pitcher left-hander Josh Rogers did not make the final roster heading into the opener last week and was sent to AAA, but was called up on Monday with the injury to Annabelle Sanchez, who just went on, I think he's just on a uh, the 10-day injured list. And so I think that the young kid coming up felt like he had something to prove, like, hey, you you made a mistake and put me on. I'm going to show you why you should keep me up here in the bigs and pitch very well last week. He threw five and a third innings, just giving up one run on two hits in his start last week on Monday, now rolling into the Pirates. And, you know, I, th- I think there's a number of teams that you look through these lineups and I'm just not familiar with some of these key, some of these hitters on this Pirates team. I think with the, the pitching matchup here with Bryce Wilson, you know, he hasn't pitched a small snapshot, but he hasn't pitched very well against this Washington Nationals lineup. He's 0-1 with an ERA near 12. Yeah, when it comes to that his, jumped out his, to his, me. Near exactly, 12, it was yeah. 11.89 or something like that yes, in his yeah. uh, starts against the Nationals. And Yeah, when you're talking that high, I tend to just round it up. His right, ERA was right. 11.89, so he's just a shade under 12. Now, I've round that up to 12. He's gotten tagged pretty good by this Nats team, but only two career appearances against the Nationals, so just not much of a... You know, it's a small sample size in this respect. So I, I, I kind of lean there with you, too, as far as the Nats are concerned, but no play for me. Yeah, I think the Nationals and both of these teams are not expected to be great this year. And, and it seems like we've been saying that about the Pittsburgh Pirates for a long time. Uh, but I do believe the Nationals still are the better team here. And I've liked what I saw out of Rodgers in that first start. You mentioned, you know, he was just called up to the bigs because of Sanchez, you know, being put on the injured list for 10 days or however long. It didn't sound too serious with Sanchez, no. but had to miss that first start. So I took what I thought was a pretty good price, even money with the uh, Washington Nationals. You might be able to find him at minus 105 or so now before they go to first pitch. I still think that is a pretty good price. Rooting for the Nationals today. We'll come back and talk some golf with Hank Haney right here on the VEASAN Bet Center. This is Bet Center on VEASAN, the sports betting network. the competition for cash with the Northman Clash on the Ice Challenge. Join two free-to-play pools and compete for your share of $10,000 in total cash prizes with your hockey predictions. Head to DraftKings.com slash The Northman now to join the action. The Northman in theaters April 22nd. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. The Minnesota Timberwolves trying to take game one from the Memphis Grizzlies on the road in Memphis. Under a minute now left to play, 47 seconds in regulation left, and the Timberwolves taking care of business in a big way. 128 to 115. Again, just about 47 seconds left. Minnesota at the line for another free throw, and that is good. Uh, James, your total is a little bit in question here. You've got a 45 second sweat, my friend. 
Well, we have the two of the youngest teams in the NBA. They all think they're still in college. They started doing the whole hack of foul and go to the free throw line with two minutes to go. You only do that in college. You don't do that in the NBA. Give it up. You're down 13 with 38 seconds to go. Here's Carl Anthony Towns throwing his hands up. He's never fouled anybody in his entire life. There's one thing about Towns. Towns has had a great game today, and he really needed to do that make up for the bad game, and he was in big-time foul trouble against the, the Clippers in that play-in game. But, man, is it, it just questions and complains and whines. He's not the only one. He's not alone in this league with guys constantly going and throwing their hands up to the officials. Just play through some contact and toughen up. And the Memphis Grizzlies do indeed go to the free throw line and put one in the bucket there. Uh, the Toronto Raptors and Philadelphia 76ers are underway about halfway through the first quarter now. Six minutes left in the first quarter. And the Sixers out to an early lead, 17-12 to 12 over Toronto. They close as four-and-a-half-point favorites with a total of 216. And right now in the live market, they have moved to six-and-a-half-point favorites. Your total right about where we started at 216-and-a-half. Uh, we talked about this game a little earlier. I know you got involved in-game on the T-Wolves and the Grizzlies, James. Do you expect that you might get involved at all with the Raptors and the Sixers? Well, I think what I'm looking at here is this. The, we talked about the pace of play in this matchup and I think that there's finally a miss. I'm just trying to grind out the last of this total here. Brady, excuse me for just a moment. It's 130 to 117. They look like they're finally calling off the, the fouling dogs out here, and that's going to be our final. 130 to 117. You got it by a bucket the and a half. And it goes under the number at 249 and a half. So, all right. <laughs> sorry about that. Let's get... I'll revert myself back here to your question. We and need looking a sound at this, effect, Dan, you know, like a, a slot machine or something like that. It's, uh, a yeah. winner for Mr. Salinas there in game. Good for you. Uh, so looking at, I mean, right now with Philadelphia, we talked about the pace in Philadelphia. I mean, right now the pace is that they are hammering the glass against the Toronto Raptors. They had, they have 19 shots put up in the first six minutes of this first half. That's all. That's high volume of shots, but because they're hitting, they're getting multiple shots each and every possession. They've got six offensive rebounds through the first six minutes of this game, so that's going to be something to keep an eye on here. the The rebounding matchup for the 76ers against this Raptors. It's a smaller front line here, and. Yeah, I think that's going to be something we're, again, trying to really just assess the matchups here with these teams because I know we talked about this in the opening segment about the, you know, the matchup this far. The Raptors went 3-1 and one in the regular season against the 76ers, but you know, I, I'm tempering how things went with all of these matchups during the regular season and because just not knowing how, who was available for some of those games. Also, what were the matchups at the time? What were the scheduling conflicts? Were they catching a certain their certain opponent here, maybe on their fourth game and five nights on the road, that type of thing? So I'm not going to put a whole lot into how these teams matched up during the regular season. And we talked about this earlier too, Brady, that we're seeing these unders coming in. At, well, they did definitely did during the pre the the play-in games. Basically, because teams actually decided to commit to playing some defense on the on the defensive side of the floor, as well as valuing the ball, we're not seeing teams going. Uh, we're seeing sets going deeper into the shot clock, valuing the basketball, not just one one pass and shoot it from thirty. So more more really collective efforts to score in the half court sets and winding those clocks down. So I think it's something to keep an eye on here for all these matchups. But I want to see, especially for the rebounding side here, I haven't gotten involved. I don't know if I will right now with this Philadelphia game. We'll keep an eye on it. But right now, the clear mismatch is Philadelphia on the offensive boards against Toronto. Yeah, and that's pretty interesting, too, because offensive rebounding is really a strength of the Raptors. That's really gotten them to where they are and, you know, was a big part of the reason they were on a big run in the second half of the season. Right now, the game is a little bit on an over pace. Your live market has 219.5 for your total. The game closed at 216. The Sixers remain a six and a half point favorite, 20 to 14 right now, five minutes left to go in the first quarter there. Uh, checking the baseball scoreboard here, the Boston Red Sox still 4 to nothing over the Twins. Kansas City 3-1 to one over the Tigers. Cleveland's on the board early 
against the Giants, one to nothing in the bottom of the second inning. Cleveland leading San Francisco and the Phillies on the board early at Miami, two to nothing in the first inning. They get on the board and now Miami batting in their home half of the first. The Oakland A's and Toronto Blue Jays still tied at five apiece and the Atlanta Braves still leading the San Diego Padres five to one. They are now in the eighth inning. Uh, James, I want to talk about uh, the Eastern Conference odds. Of course, we have an Eastern Conference matchup right now, the Sixers and the Toronto Raptors. I want to talk about some of the numbers, uh, who will win this conference. And the Milwaukee Bucks are your favorite at plus 225. The Nets are at plus 350. It's really kind of bunched at the top here. The Bucks at plus 225, the Nets at plus 350, the Heat at four to one, the Celtics at four to one, and the 76ers at six to one. Kind of interesting that Philadelphia is the fifth choice. And it is this is a really top heavy conference compared to what we're seeing in the West. I mean, we're right now we're we're seeing Minnesota coming in as the seventh seed, winning the first game outright on the road against the young Memphis Grizzlies team. So I think the depth uh, of these teams in the West, it's gonna stretch further down that seeding line than it is in the East. And I, I just think for me, it's it's interesting. All the talk, a lot of talk about the Celtics, and it's going to be that's going to be a really interesting matchup when they tip off tomorrow. Celtics versus the Brooklyn, uh, the 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 Brooklyn Nets, and the talent that they have, and we know the the championship pedigree for for KD out there, and the talent with both he and Kyrie to be able to score the basketball at any point on the floor in any given possession offensively, but. You know, it's it's interesting. We haven't really talked a whole lot about the Heat. Haven't heard a whole lot about the Heat. I, w- I wonder how they're coming into this, where their mindset is, because they being the number one seed, you would think that's going to be all the headlines, but they really don't have that headline grabber. Maybe I guess it's Jimmy Butler would be the one, but he's been, you know, what has he accomplished in a career? A couple of years ago, they were able to get themselves to the NBA Finals in that bubble back in 2020 against the Lakers, and some of the injuries really derailed him in that in that finals matchup against Los Angeles. But, you know, I think now with Kyle Lowry coming over and yes, he's he's got a lot of miles on those on those legs, too. But he's got some championship medal to him to give them some experience in that backcourt. I think that was really the the missing ingredient. That's what they didn't have in that matchup against the Lakers. But for me, it's the Bucks, and I haven't bet the Bucks. Here's what I did, Brady. I didn't bet the Bucks to to win the conference. I did a couple of bets, and I'm pulling them up here just to remind myself exactly what that was. It, it was it was on it was basically it was a, an exact outcome to get to the finals and th- finish through the finals. So I did both sides of this because I think on the west side, to me, it's the Suns. I don't know who's gonna. I, I really don't see any team being able to challenge the Suns for the Suns to be able to repeat as Western Conference champions, and I think it's going to be a repeat. They're going to face the Milwaukee Bucks. I think for Milwaukee, getting themselves finally healthy, pretty banged up throughout the season. We knew last year, going all the way through the finals in a late finals, it was into mid to late July is when they wrapped up the, that championship drive to for the Milwaukee Bucks, and you know, it takes a little time to come back from that. Now they're finally getting healthy. Pat Connaughton's back in the lineup now. Their rim protector, Lopez, is back in the lineup for the last handful of games. And this is a team that's getting themselves healthy, getting their minds right. And they have, they know who they are, Brady. The Bucks know who they are. This is a team that obviously won it last year, but they play their roles. And everybody plays to their strengths do the Milwaukee Bucks, and I just don't know if there's going to be a team to be able to win and challenge the Bucks over the course of a seven-game series. So what I bet here is I took the Suns to beat the Milwaukee Bucks at plus 1,100, and then I took the other side, and I took the Bucks to beat the Suns plus 1,100. I did 1,500 on each of those. Obviously, one of them is not going to come in. My rooting interest now is going to be for the Suns to match up with the Bucks in the Eastern Conference to as the Eastern Conference champions again. I hope that's a repeat from last year's finals. That's what I'm betting on. That's what I'm looking forward to. Very interesting bet right there, and I can't really argue with it. You know, you and I both, James, typically don't like to go to the chalk, but, you know, the favorites, the Suns and the Milwaukee Bucks, really look like they are deserved of that uh, category coming into this playoff. And, you know, about the Miami Heat, and, and, you know, I'm a Warriors fan. I think there's maybe a little something there that the Warriors could possibly put it all together here and and possibly get past the Suns. The Heat is interesting because – They're kind of the forgotten man. Nobody's even talking about the number one seed in the East. You wonder if Eric Spolster and company will come up with something there and challenge the Milwaukee Bucks. We'll be back in just a moment. Hank Haney, as promised, on the other side of the VEASAN Bet Center.
CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscore team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscore.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great Thank conversation. You. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation vlogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. This is Beth Center on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. Prove your fighting spirit with the Playoffs Challenge presented by Modelo. Play free fantasy hoops in an eight-part contest series and compete for your share of $4,000 per contest. Head to DraftKings.com slash Modelo now to get in on the action. Modelo, prove your fighting spirit. Brady Cannon and James Salinas with you inside the VEASAN Bet Center and lucky enough now to be joined by legendary golf professional and instructor Hank Haney. You can follow him on Twitter at Hank Haney and also check out his Hank Haney podcast. Hank, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, before we get into things here, our fearless leader, Bill Lady told me to say hi and that he needs more of some of your amazing voodoo cream. <laughs> oh man, uh, it works. I'll tell you what, for the aches and pains, it is, it's absolutely fantastic, but I appreciate you guys having me on today. I, uh, I love Beeson and, uh, it's my pleasure. All right. Very good. Um, I want to ask you first of all about the RBC heritage and, uh, of course, Patrick Cantley, one shot off the lead, Harold Varner currently at 11 under par. We see Matt Kuchar in the mix there. Varner, of course, finished second last year. In your experience in not only playing golf and coaching and, and watching the PGA Tour, why is it some of these courses, just like Augusta National, Harbortown very much is a course where course form is, is a very big strength. It seems like the same players that do well at the Masters continue to do so year after year, and nothing is uh, atypical here at Harbortown as well. Patrick Cantley finished third, seventh, and third in his first three trips. Matt Kuchar, a former winner. It seems like the guys that do well here continue to do so year in and year out. Yeah, it's a, it's a good point. I mean, you can say that pretty much at, at any tournament, but really at Augusta for sure. You, you have to hit the ball high, uh, long, definitely helps. You have to be a strong putter. At uh, Hilton at Harbortown, it's a tight course, uh, small greens, and, you know, some guys just, it's not, it's not their game. I mean, first off, you can kind of look at the bombers and you can say, okay, they, 
this is first off, they're not going to usually show up, okay, because they don't want to play there. So you're going to have a shorter hitter that that is is in the ball game at Harbor Town, and if you can keep the ball in play, I mean that's a that's a big big deal. So so there's certain courses like this where you know they're really specific. Colonial is another one, uh, and and you usually see that guy. The same guys do good year and then year out. So looking at tomorrow's round, top of the leaderboard right now, Harold Barner had a sensational round three today, shot a 63 on the course. He's going into the clubhouse as the leader at 11 under, and he's got three challengers there sitting at 10 under, including Patrick Cantley as well as Shane Lowry. Thinking about where we're at the top of the leaderboard going into the final round tomorrow, is there a particular golfer that you favor to win this tomorrow? Uh, yeah, I mean, there, there always is. I, I'm good at, honestly, I'm good at picking them in the last day. Sometimes I'll even wait till I see the round going and see how things are shaping up. And then I'll pick, I've, I've actually hit five in a row doing that. Uh, I, you know, picking to start the week, I, I don't get, I mean, I just think it's, it's, it's so hard, even when you factor in all the horses for courses stuff. But I, I look at certain statistics. I look at strokes, gain, T to green, uh, putting, are two big things I look at. Uh, if you look on the tour, 85% of the, the wins on, on tour, the player will be top 10 uh, strokes gain tee to green and strokes gain putting. So I'm looking for somebody to fit that formula, you know, because 85% of the time, that's, that's what's going to win. And, and, and uh, Harold Varner so far this week, he's 12th tee to green and he's sixth in putting. So he's pretty. He's he's right there uh, with the tee to green. I mean, a, a decent ball striking day tomorrow. He finishes top ten tee to green, and he's top ten putting. You know, the the negative is I talked about how Harbor Town you got to keep it in play. He's fifty seventh off the tee so far in, in this tournament. So that's my only hesitation there. He did win in Dubai, uh, so he's he's got he doesn't have a win on the PGA Tour under his belt, but he does have a win this year under under his belt on the European Tour. So I, I, I like where, where he's sitting, but then I, you know, I look at some of the other players. I mean, Shane Lowry is, is right there. He's been playing, playing well this year, but he's second strokes gain T to green this week. And he's 40th in putting. And, you know, he's, he's lost two strokes to the field on, on Saturday with the, with the putter. So I look at that and I say, I mean, can he win this tournament, you know, having a, you know, below average putting tournament. And it, it's, it's, it's hard. That's hard to do. Uh, you know, you look at Cantley, it's kind of a little bit the same. I mean, fifth strokes gain T to green, uh, 33rd putting. So he's a little bit better with the putter, but not much. Uh, 16th off the tee. He's, uh, you know, he's got a lot of experience and, you know, I, I, I don't give him no chance. Uh, Van Royen, 13th in putting 11th strokes gained uh, T to green and at Harbor town, they say, you know, and, and on the betting lines, everybody says, you know, off the tee is a big thing. Well, he's number one off the tee this week. So I, I look at those players probably as, as the top players, everybody else that's kind of up there has, has something that I'm going to look at them and say, Whoa, you know, like uh, Sepp Straka, 47th in putting, you know, uh, Corey Connors, 31st in putting, you know, Billy Horschel, 49th tee to green. I mean, I, I just, you know, I mean, anything can happen, but I, I just don't, I don't see it for some of those guys. Jordan Spieth, eight under par. People say, oh, maybe he's got a chance. He's 68th in putting this week and 180th in putting uh, for the year. How's he going to make a big comeback on Sunday? Not going to happen. Yeah, and he let one go there on the 18th hole. Uh, quite uh, a huge mistake there for Jordan Spieth when he tried to tap in and lift it out there on the 18th hole. Well, the uh, the Long Shots crew are betting golf show here on VSIN, Hank. I have Patrick Cantley, and my colleagues have Shane Lowry and Matt Kuchar, so we're hoping to cash one. Um, I want to yeah, shift I over. Like it. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're hoping uh, we can get one of those guys home. I, I want to shift over to uh, probably your most famous pupil in all your days of instruction, and that, of course, is Tiger Woods. I, I think yourself and everybody, uh, fans of golf and otherwise, were pretty impressed with the the older man, uh, still a young man, Tiger, um, but making the cut at Augusta, I think, is a massive accomplishment coming off of those injuries. And 
I kind of thought that was a good bet. I figured he could probably push through it and handle the walking and the physical strain for 36 holes. But but after that, it was probably going to go a little bit south. And, and that's kind of what played out. But it, it sure was impressive to see him make it all four days. I'll tell you what I did, Hank, and I wonder what you think. I did make a bet on Tiger Woods at 50-1 to to win the British Open at St. Andrews. Of course, he's won at twice. Very, very flat. Won't be nearly as difficult to walk as Augusta National. There's a lot of correlation with Augusta National. We've seen Faldo and Zach Johnson and Tiger win at both places. I think there's a lot of things that set up well for Tiger. Of course, it's three months away. He's going to be that much healthier. He showed me a lot of signs that he. it's not the golf game that's bad. It's just if he can be ready physically. Uh, you know, I, I like to I, listen. I like Tiger anytime he plays. I, I honestly think he's going to win a tournament again if he if he plays in you know a, a certain amount of tournaments. Which that's kind of questionable because because when he you know said he's going to play at the Open, but he hadn't said he's going to play at the PJ. I, I, I'm wondering what's behind that. But um, I like the I like the bet. I mean, I you know see, I don't think that the field any of the players right now in the game of golf and Scheffler's on a, on a heater. I get it. But, but Tiger's not sitting at home thinking I can't beat these guys. I can just promise you that. Cause he, he doesn't see anybody out there. That's a dominant player. And he, he thinks he can, he can be still beat them all. Uh, it was, it was incredible that he came back and played, you know, the only, my hesitation is he just, he didn't play very good. I mean, to be honest with you, I mean, he had, he had, uh, the stomach for the grind the first two days. Cause he, he hadn't played in forever and didn't even know if he's going to play again. And Augusta's so much about just grinding it out and, you know, knowing the course and he can, he can do that and make the cut. And then after that, it, it just, it, it wasn't good. And it really wasn't good with anything, to be honest with you. I mean, strokes gained T to green. He was 36. He was 49th and putting, you know, 30, 30th approach shot to the green, you know, uh, off the tee, everybody said he was driving it good, but he was 36th and driving, you know, there just wasn't really anything you could point to, to his game and say, you know, he, he's when he, he did this really, really well. I mean, he lost by 23 shots. Uh, but having said that, <laughs> I, I, I think tiger will win again. I really do. So you just got to be on the right week because it's going to happen. Very good. Hank, uh, thank you so much for joining us. I really enjoyed it, and uh, let's do it again maybe before the British Open and Tiger gets ready to tee it up there at St. Andrews. All right, for sure. I'd love to. Thanks, guys. All right, that is Hank Haney, the famous golf instructor and, of course, his most famous pupil, Tiger Woods. And, James, you were asking, uh, we were kind of talking before the show about having Mr. Haney on, and you said, I wonder if he's a better. I think he is. It sure sounded like it. <laughs> Did he say he his, hit his last four or five? Yeah. But he's not doing it before the tournament right. starts. He's looking at the last day, which would be tomorrow, round four. Yeah, I hope he's uh, ready to pick Patrick Cantley. That would put a little cash in my pocket. We'll be back with some more basketball, baseball. It's all happening right here inside the VEASAN Bet Center. Smart journalism, fascinating topics, words that describe CNN's podcast, The Assignment with Audie Cornish. We are revisiting the public school culture wars. What have we learned from the kids who fought against book bans? We really started the club to get students reading these books. Students have an opinion in this fight, too. How has the war over books sparked a backlash to the so-called parents' rights movement? It's not okay what they're doing and they're being watched. Listen to The Assignment with Audie Cornish, streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's like very of all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. <laughs> like, what did we do? It's so slow. Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media. But now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. 
Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club.